Yo, what's poppin' everybody? This is Keep It Real 365 as your host, the creative king, Jordan Turner, man, where we keep it real 365 days a year and where we're talking professional wrestling. Make sure y'all do me a favor, tap in, subscribe, and follow on all available podcast platforms. And tonight, Alistair Black, Mordecai, Tommy N makes his debut. We also see in the debut, in-ring debut, excuse me, of Andrade. Let's talk about that and more. Gonna keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Let's go, y'all. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Keep It Real 365 and making me a part of your day. AEW, yes, I am back with AEW Dynamite reviews and analysis. I got my notes here. I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, my God, was this show really, really great. Some things I didn't like, but overall, it looks like AEW is really making strides to being not only legitimate, but a real contender in the professional wrestling landscape. AEW was really great tonight. Did you guys like it? Did you guys hate it? Let me know, man. Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on Instagram. I would really love to hear your guys' thoughts. So let's get right into this, man. Going off with the first opening match, which was the strap match involving Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. Before I talk about, you know, my notes here involving this match, I just want to quickly say, yeah, I haven't been covering, you know, AEW, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, which I did last night. Please go and check that out if you guys have not done so already. I would greatly appreciate it. You know, Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. I've been watching the shows. I just haven't been covering. So it's not like I don't know what's going on. You feel me? Because I do. I know exactly what's going on. I just haven't been watching. The reason why I haven't been watching is because there's no fans in the arena. But now, the month of July, that's about to change. And that really changed tonight. The fans played a pivotal role during this match. They were so enthusiastic. I missed the fans so much at a live wrestling event pro wrestling is back and i really hope all wrestling promotions AEW, impact wrestling wwe new japan pro wrestling ring of honor whatever promotion that you guys support i feel like you guys should support all promotions because when one company succeeds all companies succeeds and it gets a bigger eye and a bigger you know important in terms of attention to professional wrestling so i just wanted to make that point fans are back and i am very excited they were so enthusiastic tonight and it really played a big part in terms of my overall excitement for aew dynamite so we kicked off with the strap match involving cody rose and qt marshall i'm gonna keep it real i'm not a big fan of qt marshall i don't get qt marshall I know he is with the Nightmare Family, the Nightmare Factory, and that faction that's going on there. But I don't take him as a serious 
threat, if you know what I mean, in terms of challenging for championships in AEW. That is just my personal opinion. Cody Rhodes. He's very controversial to me. I'm not sure what you guys think about this, but my opinion stands with what I'm about to tell you. I feel like Cody Rhodes, AEW makes it seem like Cody Rhodes is this Triple H, John Cena, hot shot type of cat. That is not the vibe that I get from Cody Rhodes. And it really comes off force. If you guys understand where I'm coming from, let me explain. So, with Cody Rhodes' entrance, I think his entrance is absolutely fantastic. But they have it so pompous. And in terms of an entrance like that, that should only be saved for big pay-per-view events. You know what I mean? Like, he does it every week, and it really comes off forced. Like I said, he's not John Cena. He's not Roman Reigns. He's not that type of cat. That's just my personal opinion. I have no beef with Cody Rhodes. Shout out to Cody Rhodes. I like Cody Rhodes. I think he's very talented. He's a phenomenal storyteller. One of the best storytellers in the professional wrestling game right now. But that's just my opinion. I just don't see Cody Rhodes as that big hotshot superstar. You guys might see him as that. And that's fine. We have different opinions. That's okay. I just don't see him as that. But he faced off against QT Marshall. And let's pick it up in, you know, the middle towards the end of the match. This was a decent match. It really wasn't anything special in terms of, you know, both men whipping each other like really, really hard. It was pretty vague. And it kind of looked like they were really whipping each other as hard as Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy Uso, but Jay Uso and Roman Reigns when they had their strap match. I remember the strap match with The Fiend and Daniel Bryan when they had their strap match. Those two strap matches felt not only important, but it had that fight feel to it. This, it just didn't have that fight feel appeal to me personally. You know, both men were hitting each other a little bit with the strap, but it wasn't like impactful like the other two strap matches were. So, towards the middle of the match, we see QT as he's been busted open by the ring post. Cody touches the first turnbuckle. The lights go out. Keep that in mind, okay? The lights go out. So, when they come back on, nothing happens. QT punches Cody with the strap. And, you know, he hits him with the strap and everything like that. And so, after he hits him with the strap... He punches Cody with the strap, wrapped around his fist. QT chokes Cody with the strap. Cody hits QT with the strap to follow. Cody then chokes QT with the strap on the top rope. I love that QT was playing it off like he was choking to death. That was great selling from QT Marshall right there. Really, really cool from him. So QT hits a sit-down powerbomb from the top rope. You know, every time I see wrestlers on the top rope, I, I get kind of nervous. I get kind of antsy and scared that one of these wrestlers are going to botch and fall. You know what I mean? I, I really want these wrestlers to take care of themselves and be okay. You know, and um, like I said, just because I'm not fans of anybody, 
of one particular person. That doesn't mean I don't want to see any of these wrestlers get hurt because that's not what I want to see. So thank God they both kept their balance. It was a big spot, big powerbomb by QT. Speaking of QT, he touches the first turnbuckle, then the second, then the third. So he was almost there. He needed one more turnbuckle to touch. Cody uses the strap to stop him from touching the fourth turnbuckle. QT whips Cody. Cody acts for more, begging it on. The baby face and Cody Rose coming out. It was really great. The fans were eating it up tremendously. Then more, and then he starts hulking up like Hulk Hogan. Punk kicks, and then he lands a right hand. Hip toss, head scissors, whips QT. Whips QT, excuse me, in the back. Love the combination moves. I love it when we see one move after another after number. And then it ends with a big, big move. I love that type of shit. So, Cody lands a cutter on QT. Cody touches the first turnbuckle, then the second, then the third. Cody hits QT with the low blow. Very interesting by Cody Rhodes there. That was very heelish by Cody Rhodes. QT still stops Cody from touching the fourth turnbuckle. QT spits in Cody Rhodes' face. So disrespectful right there. Big heel move from QT. Cody hits a crossroads, not once, not twice, but three consecutive times. And then he touches all four turnbuckles to get the win. So Cody Rhodes got the W. Like I said, the match was decent. It wasn't anything special. I wish it was a little bit more of a brutal strap match, but I, I get it. You know, we don't really want to see the wrestlers really, really get hurt like that. But in terms of a strap match, this was one of the weakest ones I've seen. So we've seen commentary run down tonight's card as they recap last week's main event earlier in the show. So Spears asks why he calls Sammy the match last week. Sammy Ego has his greatness weaknesses. Sammy hits Spears from out of nowhere with the chair. Sammy says, this is far from over. So I'm loving the mini feud, the mini beef between Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears. You know, Sean Spears in AEW really hasn't done nothing significant. But he is with, you know, the Pinnacle. And the Pinnacle is one of the most established teams in AEW. The most group in AEW. Sammy Guevara, I'm telling you right now, I've seen it since day one. Sammy Guevara has the potential to be a Daniel Bryan-esque type of babyface superstar. In AEW, him along with Darby Allen, they got two Daniel Bryans in AEW, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Let me know if you guys agree with that. And this is a great feud between two talented guys. If I had a pick, I'm going with Sammy Guevara. Absolutely. I'm just more of a big fan of Sammy Guevara. We get back from commercial break. Tony Schiavone is in the ring and introduces the AEW world champion, Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Callis asks Tony to stand in the corner. In the last few months, they have made history. The crowd chants, you got fired. Omega defeated Moxley, Ray Phoenix, Jungle Boy. They have won so many titles. They need an insurge to move the belts. We are in a shadow of the God in pro wrestling. That being Kenny Omega. So they continue and they say, they have been beating everybody. There is nobody left. All of a sudden, the crowd chants, Hangman 
We want Hangman. Listen, I'm a, I'm a keep it real with you guys. Hangman is absolutely over. Do I see Hangman as a big type of superstar? I see it, but at the same time, I don't understand it. It's a 50-50 for me. I get it. I really do. You know what I mean? And he's very talented. Hangman shit. You know what I mean? Cowboy shit. Love it. Love the chance. They fucking love Hangman Adam Page. At the same time, I don't really see him as that type of dude. That's just my opinion. I might be in the minority. I think I am in the minority, and that's fine. But Hangman Page is very talented. He's a great professional wrestler. And he does kind of come off as a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's going to continue to do whatever he's got to do. And that's just how he is. That's his personality. I love that. And the fans clearly love it as well. The feud between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page possibly taking place at AEW All Out in September. The potential for storytelling, the history, and the Matt Classic that we will potentially see. I am predicting that that is the world championship match for AEW All Out in September. Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega, the five-star bout machine for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And that is where Hangman Adam Page finally defeats Kenny Omega and becomes the new top guy, top babyface in all elite wrestling. That's my prediction. That's probably a lot of people's predictions. So, that's that. So, we've seen Dark Order's music hits. Evil Uno says that he has a few questions for Kenny Omega. He says, why are you ignoring this crowd? Why are you ignoring the number one rank? Why are you so afraid of my friend? The crowd chants, cowboy shit. That guy's over, man. It's insane how over... Hangman Adam Page really is. So he continues. But then Omega says that he has Ace a question. What is the capital of Thailand? Omega hits a low blow out of nowhere. Hits a bang gun. Dark Order runs down to attack Omega. The Elite run down and beat up the Dark Order. So that's pretty much it there. I mean, Evil Uno, I don't see him as a big deal. Me personally, him and the Dark Order, I used to love uh, Grayson and Uno, you know, in the tag team division as the Dark Order. They were very entertaining. I'm not really sure what's going on with that. You know, they were booked as a serious deal back in the, you know, in the beginning of AEW. I'm not sure where they're going with this. Evil Uno versus Kenny Omega maybe as like a, a mini place feud for then we see Omega go to Adam Page at All Out in September. It's a possibility. We'll see what happens with that. So all of a sudden we see Hangman Adam Page's music hits. He runs down and takes out the Elite single-handedly. Hangman sets up for the buckshot, but stares down Omega instead. They go face-to-face. Omega runs away while Anderson distracts Hangman. The tease is there. It's obvious where AEW is ultimately going to go, where their destination is going to conclude, and I can't wait. So, JR sits down. This was a new segment. So, JR sits down with Ethan Page and Darby Allen. 
JR says that he is disgusted by unnecessary with them trying to end each other's careers. Allen comes out and he says Paige is jealous of him reaching the same point in their career after one year compared to Paige's 12. The fact that Darby made it to AEW before Paige eats him up inside. Paige says he plucked Darby from its skirty. Uh, Paige says he brought Darby into this business and next week in the coffin match, which I cannot wait for, he will take him out of this business. Uh, Paige, no you won't. Darby Allen is over as fuck. Everybody loves Darby Allen. He reminds me of Jeff Hardy, the daredevil of AEW. The Jeff Hardy of AEW, which I believe Jeff Hardy uh, prediction here. I think Jeff Hardy will be coming to AEW real soon. Real soon. We'll see what happens. Very good back and forth interaction between Paige and Ethan Page and Darby Allen. So I can't wait to see their match. You know, Ethan Page... I haven't really commented on this, but I want to make this point. Alexander and Paige were a very great tag team in Impact Wrestling. I don't see, you know, AEW can make me into a believer here with Ethan Page in terms of building him up as a legitimate single star. But right now, he really needs Josh Alexander. But. I will say, Ethan Page has a lot of personality that was shown in his promo tonight with Darby Allen. You know, I love when AEW gives people an opportunity to express themselves and have a personality. Personalities and characters are really missed in professional wrestling. I've been saying that consistently on this podcast and on social media. Characters are desperately missed in professional wrestling. And hear the report that Vince McMahon misses characters. He wants characters on the main roster Should tell you a sign that characters are missed in pro wrestling. We need more of them. AEW has some. You know, we just need more promotions to have more characters. The in-ring product is going to say itself. But if there's no story, if there's no characters to be invested into each match, it's going to... I'm speaking in terms of me. It's going to be hard for me to really get invested. I'll get invested because the match is going to be great. It's going to be spectacular. But at the same time, you know, it is what it is. There's no characters. There's no investment from me and from my perspective from them. But overall, this was a great back and forth promo by Ethan Page and Darby Allen. I love that AEW does these sit down interviews. WWE, Impact Wrestling and other promotions need to follow suit they're changing the game in so many ways it's not funny so we see the pinnacle make their entrance from their next match a trios match the inner circle are out there uh composed by conan so we see santana ortiz and jake hager with conan versus wardlow and ftr dax harwood and cash wheeler with tully blanchard you guys, this match was very interesting to me. I thought this was a good match. I thought this was a good match. You know, there's a lot of people that are saying this was a great match. I don't think it was a great match, but I will say it was, for what it was, uh, I will say it was a good match. And that's just my opinion on that. You know, the, the feud between the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle, 
This has been a long feud. This has been a long fucking feud. And is it going to end? I don't know. But I will compliment AEW. Long-term storytelling here. You got to love it. And by the way, Chris Jericho has one of the best theme songs in professional wrestling. I will go on record right now and tell you that Chris Jericho's theme song, Judas, is one of the greatest theme songs of all time in pro wrestling. I mean that. His theme song is so legendary. The crowd singing it, literally singing it word from word. It's fucking incredible. So awesome. Really, really cool stuff. So let's pick it up here towards the middle of the match. Like I said, this was a decent match for what it was. Warlow beats down on Satana. Suplexes Dak as he tags in. Chops in the corner. Cash tags in. Santana hits a cutter out of nowhere to Cash. Ortiz tags in. Runs wild with heavy shots. Inseguri takes down Wardlow. Hager lands a clothesline and then a cannonball from Santana. So Hager with the power slam. He goes for a two count as Wardlow breaks the count. FTR with the right hand. Lariat combo. Dragon suplex. I love the combinations. I'm telling you. And that only gets a two count. Ortiz with the brain buster. Then we see Hager tag in. Clotheslines. Hager bomb into an ankle lock. And then Dax breaks the submission. Hager with the big boot as he follows up with the submission. So Warlow tags in. Right hands back and forth. Hager gets the ankle lock applied on Warlow. Dax breaks it up. We see Hager fights off both FTR. FTR hits the big rig on Hager. Warlow gets the cover and the win for his team. So the winner is the pinnacle. So post-match, we see Conan hits Wardlow with the sock flood of pool balls to little effect. Tully Blanchard comes in and hits a chop block on Conan. And then after that, the pinnacle leave. I don't know why Tony, uh, Tully Blanchard came in and hit a choke block on Conan, but it is what it is. So after this, we've seen Carl Anderson with the video package as he is focusing on John Moxley's IWGP United States title. As it looks like they will be battling next week on AEW Dynamite for the IWGP United States Championship. I want to make a quick note here. That title was very cool. The way the title looks, it's very unique. And I love that New Japan Pro Wrestling is allowing AEW to use their championship on the show. And so far, this has been a great episode of Dynamite, man. Very good stuff so far. The second half, a little bit better, man. So we're going to talk about it. But again, I appreciate everybody tuning into the podcast. Please go follow and subscribe to the uh, Keep It Real 365 podcast on all podcast platforms. So we go to commercial break. We come back. We see Judas playing out um, for Chris Jericho. The crowd sings. Uh, the Judas Effect song as usual because of course he has one of the best theme songs not only in modern day pro wrestling but the best theme song in professional wrestling in general so we see MJF he shots to cut it uh, tells him to cut the music off Jericho tries to attack MJF they both sit at the opposite ends of the table MJF says Jericho is begging for another match Everybody wants a piece of MJF. Jericho says he won't back down from MJF. 
he will take any stipulation in offers, including having sex with MJF's mother. Oh my fucking God, that was funny. That was a cheer for me, man, because that was hilarious. Chris Jericho mentioning that he will have sex with MJF's mother. The fans were laughing and then they were probably, you know, chanting like, holy shit and stuff like that. I didn't really hear what they were saying, but they were chanting some things, man. That was crazy. Chris Jericho. He's so entertaining, man. You can give Chris Jericho anything and he will make it money. So we know how he operates. So MJF as well. Just give those guys anything and they'll go out there and kill it. So the crowd, the crowd chants, fuck his mom. Not joking. You guys know what I'm talking about if you guys watch the show. The crowd chant, fuck his mom. Oh my God. Of course MJF gets pissed. Who wouldn't get pissed after hearing the crowd chant, fuck your mom? Anybody would be pissed. Right? <laughs> you gotta love it, man. So, MJF gets pissed off, but insists he will calm down. MJF says he used to look up to Jericho. He remembers Jericho's rivalry with Moxley. Jericho made Moxley wrestle every single person in the inner circle. MJF says Jericho is no longer in the key demo god. So, MJF's stipulation will be facing four opponents of MJF's choosing. You know, I want to comment on that. That's kind of lame. For a stipulation. I think that stipulation, in my opinion, is really, really lame. You could have came up with a better stipulation than that. We've seen that already involving Jericho. And I don't like it whatsoever. So there's a negative right there. But the fifth will be MJF himself. Again, whatever. It is what it is. When I heard that, I'm just like, all right. So Chris Jericho says if he can't last MJF's layers of Hercules... He doesn't deserve to be in AEW. Jericho says he is the god of war. He will beat MJF and try to ruin MJF's life. And that ain't no motherfucking body. Love it. So we see Chris Jericho as he signs the contract. MJF says a deal isn't done until both parties shake hands. When someone says this, you know they're going to try to attack. So Jericho shakes his hand and then hits him with a Judas effect. Like I said, something obviously happens. And that's exactly what took place. As he landed some stiff you know, Judas effect to MJF. Really cool stuff there. Very fun segment. Jericho and MJF are very entertaining with each other. And, you know, when they're a tag team... Or just, you know, partners. It was very fun. Now they're feuding. It makes a lot of sense. You know, MJF doesn't want to consistently be in the shadow of Chris Jericho. Duh. I mean, look at Kyrie Irving. I'm going to take Kyrie Irving, a basketball analogy. Kyrie Irving didn't want to sit with LeBron all the time. LeBron was getting all the shine. Kyrie Irving wasn't fucking with that whatsoever. So he wanted to go to Boston. He didn't want to be under the shadow of LeBron James. So that's pretty much what I seen here with Chris Jericho and MJF. We come back from commercial break and we see Tony Schiavone was with Britt Baker. D-M-D. Dr. Britt Baker. Love it. 
So Baker says nobody wanted to see the match last week. The only positive was that they won. Reba, in incident, was hurt as, you know what I mean? She got real, real hurt. And I really hope that she's okay. And I think she is. So, in incident, as she was hurt, Vicky should enjoy her blood money. She really brought up the terms blood money. Britt Baker is an absolute beast. What a queen. So, blood money. Not only does she bring up blood money, she says, so maybe they should run in Saudi Arabia. What a dig at the WWE, Britt Baker. You're a fucking queen. Love it. What shade to the WWE? Blood money? They are taking blood money from Saudi Arabia. Fuck the WWE for that. I will not support them in that aspect. Every time they ran a show in Saudi Arabia, I didn't watch really any of the matches. The only matches that I actually watched were two. One of them was Goldberg and The Undertaker. And then the other one was Triple H and John Cena. The other ones I didn't give a fuck about. Shout out to Britt Baker. That was a gangster move by pretty much shitting on the WWE, taking blood money from Saudi Arabia. Fuck Saudi Arabia, okay? So we see Nyla Rose will never get this title back. She will send Nyla back to obscurity. They will be calling for Dallas, the big DMD. Britt Baker is an absolute beast. She's so good. She's coming into her own. She's obviously taking lessons from Bay Bay at home. Shout out to Adam Cole, man. People calling him Vanilla Midget. They don't know what they're talking about with Adam Cole. So, Britt Baker, she's improving in the ring. She has a great personality. She's great on the microphone. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with Britt Baker right now. She's the queen of the AEW Women's Division, and you got to love it. Shout out to Britt Baker. And I love the interaction with her and Tony Schiavone. It's so genuine. You can tell it's not forced. So we see Matt Seidel make his entrance. Vicky Guerrero compliments Andrade El Idolo to the ring as Andrade wears a mask for his entrance. So we've seen Andrade El Idolo versus Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne. So this match really wasn't long, but, for, but with the match that we've seen, I feel like it was solid. So we're going to pick up towards the end of the match here, guys. So we've seen Andrade hits the three amigos. Shout out to Eddie Guerrero. Uh, he lands right hands back and forth. Andrade misses a knee in the corner. Seidel then with the spinning heel kick. Then we see Andrade with the chop as he comes back and lands a chop. Seidel then comes back with some kicks. Roll up for two count. Seidel lands with the high knee. Andrade then with the huge lariat. For a counter, Andrade does the Eddie taunt, which I love. Uh, Seidel follows him up to the top rope. Andrade goes for a diving foot stomp, but misses. Seidel hits a Meteoro for a two count. Andrade then comes back and hits the knees in the corner. And then he follows up with the hammerlock DDT for the win. Andrade El Idolo. What a superstar. He has the potential. 
to be a mega star in AEW. Gotta love it. I'm so happy he's here. And this is really, really a big get up for AEW. So we've seen post-match Andrade attacks Seidel's arm after the match. And we see a video package looking at the history of Christian and Matt Hardy, which was very strange to me. I didn't really understand that. So after that, we've seen Tony Schiavone is in the ring with Arn Anderson. This is where the good stuff comes into play, baby. So Tony Schiavone is in the ring with Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson says, it is great to be in the 305 MIA. And all of a sudden, the lights go out for a second time. As they come back on, Tommy N is in the fucking ring. Aleister Black. This motherfucker debuts in AEW and you gotta love it. You gotta love it, man. The fans were on their feet. The pop was tremendous. I was smiling from ear to ear. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. This motherfucker is an AEW, bro. He's an AEW. This is crazy. This is crazy. I would love to see, you know, the feud continue with Andrade and Aleister Black and AEW. You know what I mean? So many opponents for Aleister Black. You know we are getting Kenny Omega and Aleister Black, right? Don't get the game fucked up. You know we're getting that match. You know they're planning on that match in AEW. So we see as the lights go out and Tommy Ann is in the ring. Crowd popping for Tommy Ann. He hits the black mat. One of the best finish. I'm not joking. I'm putting this finisher up there with the Stone Cold Stunner. It's not, the, it's not the greatest finisher of all time, but I feel like it's so cool because, yeah, it's simple. It is. But the way it comes out of nowhere, that's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? Why do you think I tout the RKO as the greatest finisher of mankind, the greatest finisher in professional wrestling? It's because it comes out of nowhere. The black mass comes out of nowhere. You gotta love it, man. Love it! This is great. So, he hits the black mass on Arn Anderson as Arn Anderson goes down. Cody is suddenly out there. He gets hit with the black mass as well. Caliber calls him Mordecai Black. So, it's not Tommy in no more, man. If you guys seen earlier tonight on Twitter... Mordecai Black, a.k.a. Tommy and a.k.a. Alistair Black, did a vignette of a video package, pretty much, of himself. It was dark. It was eerie. He was with Juwai Williams. Shout out to Juwai Williams, man. He was in this video package, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Like, I was starstruck with the way it was produced. That was for AW, y'all. You gotta love it. Whoever's complaining about this debut, you're, you're not a fan. I'm gonna be respectful as possible and say you're just not a fan of pro wrestling. You don't like excitement. You don't like shocking moments. It is what it is. But overall, 
the feel of it. Everyone's excited. Everybody's happy for him. He was compressed in WWE for five years. He mentioned the devil. I was held down by the devil for five years. Who the fuck do you think he's was calling the devil? Vince McMahon. Five years, Vince McMahon, a.k.a. the devil, was holding him down for five long years. That five years is over with. Tony Khan, you better push. And you better make Tommy in, Matakai Black into a megastar. Or Manakai, excuse me. I apologize for that botch. Make him into a megastar. He feels like a megastar already. You made John Moxley into a megastar. You're doing that with Miro now. You're gonna do it with Andrade Elidolo, right? You better. And you better do it with Mordecai Black, aka Tommy N, aka Alistair Black. This was a phenomenal debut. Shocked the world. You know, people were saying he was going to go to AEW, but the question was when, not how. We got win tonight. This was some great stuff. So we go to commercial break. We get back to commercial break. As earlier tonight, Ricky Starks introduces Starks' personal security. Says that he can't trust Brian Cage. Taz says that he is embarrassing. Starks says next week he will become the new FTW champion. The W stands for wife. And he will take Cage's wife. Cage runs down and attacks Stark. So Marino Santos. Hey, uh, Ricky Stark. Listen, bro. I, I feel you. Marina Santos is very gorgeous. She's a beautiful woman. So I don't blame you, brother, if, if you're trying to go after her. But you got Wolverine over there in the corner. Mr. Brian Cage. He's going to fuck you up, bro. Watch your mouth, man. Watch your mouth. You got to love it. Ricky starts. He's a great heel. And he has a great personality. So you, it, it's just very, very good for me. He just needs to get better on the microphone. That's it. And it is what it is. I mean, I, I will say his microphone skills are very good. But you could need a little bit more improvement. That's it. Everything else he's really good at. In the ring, he's great. Presence, character, everything. It's great. So good stuff there from Stark and Taz. Like I said, I love the mini feuds that are going on there, man. So, we've seen the mixed taxi match between Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander versus the Blade and the Bunny. I'm going to keep it real and tell you I didn't give a fuck about this match. I didn't give a fuck to a point where I'm just going to go right to the end of the match with my notes here. I, just, I legitimately didn't care. So, towards the end of this match, we see Statlander hits an Arena F v1 on blade orange covers him but bunny breaks up the count blade gets brass knuckles he hits cassidy with the knuckles before cassidy can hit the orange punch i mean the orange listen orange cassidy is very popular i get it but man that punch is just ridiculous to me so he goes for the cover but statlander may or excuse me statlander had made the tag instead before he can go for the pin in Orange Cassidy. So Statlander hits the Big Bang Theory on Bunny to get the W. And like I said, 
I couldn't give a shit about anything what's going on here, man. That's just my opinion. Orange Cassidy looks like he's not doing anything after that triple threat match with Omega and Pac. No direction with Blade, Bunny, you know. So it is what it is. There's just nothing interesting about it. So we've seen Tony Schiavone is in the crowd with Dan Lemitart and American Top Team. Lamart introduces MMA fighters. Um, I seen Masgadov and Amanda Nunez in the crowd tonight. Two badass motherfuckers, man. That's pretty cool. Establishing AW as a big, you know, type of mainstream company. It's great stuff. You know, more celebrities need to come in and support pro wrestling. That's just me. We getting Cardi B with WWE. That's gonna get big publicity for the WWE, and I can't wait for that as well. So we see Landmark gets in the ring. He says that he was skeptical of coming here today. He was skeptical of coming here because AEW sucks. If he wanted to watch wrestling, he would break out videos from the 70s and 80s. What a way to get heel heat. I'm going to keep it real with you. AEW ain't all sunshines and rainbows, guys. They're really not. Okay, I get it. Right now, AEW is the cool company to support. You got the E over there struggling mightily. You know, you got other companies doing their thing as well. But I'm, I'm getting a little bit tired of people thinking AEW is all sunshines and rainbows. And it's just not. Yeah, are they majority doing everything right? Yes, they are. But they are still having glaring issues. That's just my opinion. I, I, I just love to keep it real with you guys and just be honest with you guys. And give you guys the truth of the matter in terms of my opinions and what I'm watching from my view standpoint. So, like I said, he was skeptical of coming out here. He mentioned that he's going to break out videos from the 70s and 80s. And the sad truth in wrestling has gone downhill since the 80s. Very controversial uh, saying there by, you know, Landmark. So, Landmark says that. You should always trust your instincts, which is true. Lance Archer then runs down and attacks Dan Lemitart and hits the black out. I listen. I I don't I don't care. I, I just don't care. That's it. So commentary runs down at next week's card, and we get to the main event. Penta El Zero Metal and Eddie Kingston as they are battling against the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Super Kick Party. So that was the main event. It was a street fight. And I got to tell you, the Young Bucks, their personality, their pizzazz, their flamboyant, you know, ring gear attire you gotta love it their heel run has been really really fun to watch and i'm invested there's a lot of notes here this was a killer match this wasn't a classic by any means it wasn't but this was a great main event to watch to end aew so i'm gonna take it from the middle y'all let's get right into it so we see nick hits a swanton on a trash can on Kingston for a two count. Penta hits a super kick on Nick. Then he lands a sling blade to both Bucks. Penta with the super kick on Matt. 
Matt hits a northern like suplex on Penta. So we see Bucks hit a cannonball in the corner to Kingston. Like I said, these spots were absolutely brutal tonight. We've seen a Canadian destroyer by Penta with one of the Bucks on, you know, the table. As both men were pretty much on the apron here. Fucking sick. Really, really crazy stuff, man. If you guys missed this match, please go back and watch it. So we see Penta knock Nick off the top rope. He lands a tornado DDT to Matt. Kingston locks in a near record choke. Nick then hits a 450 off the ref while Matt taps out. Pretty much a distraction. I love that. That's smart booking and smart ring awareness by the Young Bucks. So Anderson and Gallows come down to the ring. They attack Penta and Kingston as they are partners with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. So, of course, they are going to come out and attack, you know, Penta and, you know, Kingston. So they come in and they attack them. Penta hits a dive to both good brothers. Matt hits a spear on Kingston. Cutter misses the spray on Penta. Cass comes down out of nowhere and power bombs Cutler through the table. Penta hits a fear factor. Kingston pins him, but the referee is not looking. Again, man, you got to be more aware of your in-ring surroundings, Eddie Kingston. That made him look stupid. WWE does this a lot with their wrestlers. And I complain the same way. So I'm going to complain here as well. Stop having people that are pinning somebody. And the referee's not around and they're pinning that opponent. The referee is not there. So the referee doesn't see you pinning that opponent. You are made to look like a fucking idiot. I hate when companies do that. It gets on my nerves. Uh, so, it is what it is. Now, we see a ref runs down, but Nick stops him from counting three. Cass tags Nick, rolls him into the ring, but Good Brothers hit the magic killer on Cass. Kingston pours thumbtacks on... Listen, this shit was crazy. This shit was absolutely brutal. When you see thumbtacks, you know shit is about to pick up. And the fans were popping at every single spot in this match. It was insane. So, we've seen thumbtacks. And we were seeing it on the ground. Matt throws tacks into Kingston's face. Okay, that looked a little fake. You know, use the use the thumbtacks in a, in a big spot where you slam somebody. Don't throw them in the face. You know, that just looks ridiculous to me. But it is what it is. He throws it to Kingston's face. Penta hits Matt with the trash can. Then we see Penta kicks Nick on the apron. Nick hits a Hurricane Rana on Penta on the tax. Bro. This motherfucker, Nick Jackson, hits a goddamn Hurricane Rana on Penta on the tax. Bro, that was crazy. So, Penta kicks out it too. This psycho. This psycho. Penta, he kicked out. So after he kicked out, we see double super kicks to Kingston. Nick puts tax in Kingston's mouth. Yes, let me repeat that. Nick, you know, takes tax and puts them in Kingston's mouth. Matt hits a super kick and the Bucks get a three count. That was the show. That was the show. The Young Bucks 
celebrating. And that is AEW Dynamite, folks. Guys, this show was really, really great. You know, some things I did complain about tonight. But overall, AEW Road Rage was a successful show tonight on Wednesday night. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And that's all I got for you guys today on the podcast for AEW. AEW, man. Tommy N debuted. Andrade El Idolo. He debuted in his in-ring match tonight. What else does Tony Khan have in mind? He says he has a lot of things coming. What does that mean? We don't know. But I'm going to be right here covering it for sure. Right here on Keep It Real 365. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to the podcast on a consistent basis. Like I said, I will be more consistent with the reviews as fans are returning to live events. I can't wait. And professional wrestling looks like it's going to be back better than ever. Hopefully they can rebound. Hopefully all companies can rebound from the duration of 2021. Only time will tell. That's a wrap for the podcast tonight. This is the Quid of King. I'm signing off, and I will see you guys next time.